Maybe don't know. Maybe don't know. This time, 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 What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. Welcome to episode 52 of the Power Company podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com. I got a really exciting email this morning that the Power Company Process Journal has shipped and is on its way. Um, So as soon as I have that thing in my grubby little hands, you guys are going to hear more about it. Uh, It's a three-month mindfulness journal for your climbing sessions, both training or climbing. And just asks really focused questions before and after your session uh, so that you're able to help out your next session and and look back and realize where things are going wrong, where things are going right, and be able to either change those things or repeat those things. So we're really excited about it. You'll be hearing more soon. Um, As I told you guys last time, the Midwest Training for Climbing Conference has been canceled. Nate and I, however... Uh, are filling those dates up in Missouri. So if you happen to be in Missouri, look for us mid to end of August, and we will be at Rock in Kansas City on August 13th and 14th. We will be at Climb So Ill in St. Louis August 15th and 16th, and we hope to see all of you guys at Climb So Ill that we've gotten to know so well. Uh, We'll be at Zenith Climbing Center August 18th and 19th, and that's in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, we're really excited to check out that gym. Haven't met those guys yet, uh, but really looking forward to it. And then back to Rock, Kansas City on the 20th and 21st, where we're really excited to meet their community as well. Sounds like those guys have got a really tight community over there. We're stoked for that. And we'll also be at Asana in Boise, Idaho, uh, August 25th, 26th, and 27th. So, We hope to see all of you out there who are in the Missouri or the Boise area. Um, Please come out and check us out. We've got a bunch of new workshops that we're working on, including our new body tension workshop. Uh, So hope to see you there. Um, You know, since we've reached our goal on Apple Podcasts of 100 reviews, I've been kind of trying to figure out what the next goal should be. And uh, our Facebook page, the Power Company business page, I think is a, a good goal. We'd like to see 3,000 people on there. Um, we're at around 2,700, something like that right now. And we'd love to see you guys over there. Once we get to 3,000, we're going to start sort of changing up the, the way we run that page over there and make it something entirely different from the Instagram and just posts about the fo- the about the podcast and blog posts and things like that. So we'll be giving you guys some new information over there once we reach that 3,000. So please find us on Facebook at Power Company Climbing. Okay, I'm going to get on with this thing. Um, I've got a really great conversation today with Allison Stowers. She is a PT in Chattanooga. She practices at Peak Fitness and Physical Therapy And if you guys are in the chatty area, uh, you should definitely go check out Peak Fitness because they've they've put on some great free uh, free workshops for climbers. And 
and are putting really great information out there. And I really appreciate that about what they're doing. And part of this whole thing that I'm that I'm trying to build here is is based around building a, a better community and and for me that means uh, reaching out to you guys, getting to know you guys, but also reaching out to other professionals and other practitioners and and building this network and and I really appreciate that they're trying to do the same thing and you know Allison has been a power company client. Paul sends people over to Allison uh, who need physical therapy. So I, I really just like having this great network and Allison and Peak Fitness and PT are, are definitely important parts of that network. Um, so I'm going to let Allison take this thing away. Well, and I think that's really important too is empowering climbers to be able to fix themselves. What I always tell people is like, I would love to see you again, but not here. I want to see you out at the crag. I want to see you at the gym, you know. I like you, but you're crazy. <laughs> well, not many people argue that. I guess before we do anything, we should probably thank Charlie and Josh for letting us sit in their little egg and yeah. talk here. Yes. So. I think at one point, no, their old trailer was called Beulah. I'm not sure what this one's Beulah. name is. You don't know this one's name? Not yet. It's awfully cute. I think we've been calling it Foulcore. Foulcore. Oh, I like yeah. it. Because their name's the Fowlers. Yeah. So. I like it. Yeah. Okay, well, even if that's not the name, that's what they're calling that's it. That's what they're on, calling it for whether now. Whether they know it or not. Yeah. Um, so, Allison, tell me, how'd you get into PT? You mentioned today that you were living in London doing economics, right? Uh, well, I was in London for a summer, um, and um, that was during undergrad. And my whole plan, um, I was working for a while. My whole plan was to go back to school, get my PhD in econ, and go back to London to work and as an economist as an economist how'd that switch over to PT so um while I was working I had actually taken up running and a little bit of climbing and stuff and I was just having all these injuries and um just like little things and at one point I had to pay Almost three thousand dollars for an MRI, Ouch. and then oh, man. I ended up getting recommended for PT. Right. Six weeks later, I was fine, and it was like right. You're like, why did I just spend three thousand right. dollars? Yeah. So it's kind of that whole direct access thing. Yeah. Um, I wanted to. That was really interesting to me, and I really wanted to bring that to yeah. other people and Keep then people out of that si yeah. same situation. And then climbing became more and more important. So, which seems to wreck many, many lives. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> and save some. Yeah, for sure, most definitely. So, you moved back to the states. Did you go right to Chattanooga? No, um, and I was actually only in London for a short time, um, just that summer, and then okay. I was living in Atlanta at the time. Um, so, I grew up south of Atlanta and went to school in Atlanta was working there, and then um, we just moved to Chattanooga about two years ago. Okay. For cool. climbing. For climbing. Yeah. yeah that's and, a good place to be. Yeah. And as a PT, I always knew that I wanted to work with climbers, and so if I want to work with climbers, I need to go where the climbers are. So yeah, So we definitely. moved to Chattanooga so that I could do PT for climbers. Was it 
just out of curiosity, was it slow to catch on with climbers? Um, I don't think so. I no, think good. there's a lot of wrecked folks out there yeah. who are wanting information and wanting to get better and wanting to prevent injuries. So um, pretty soon after I moved, I reached out to some of the local climbers and was like, hey, would any of you guys be interested in a workshop? And it was like overwhelming, the number of people who responded. Yeah, cool. I remember when those happened. I remember seeing it on Facebook, on yeah. Paul's page, and uh, Nate talked about it. When did, Is yeah, that when you first met Allison? Um, I don't know when we first met. Maybe. It was definitely, I feel like it was definitely before that. But yeah, they were awesome. It was really cool to see like free clinics yeah. putting out good information. Like, yeah, you can't really ask for much better than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool that there was such a good response to it. I feel like a lot of climbers have this like, I'm just going to fix myself attitude. So it's cool that you've got some traction there yeah. in that community. Well, and I think that's really important too is like, empowering climbers to be able to fix themselves because like right you know what i always tell people is like i would love to see you again but not here like i want to see you out at the crag i want to see you at the gym cool you know yeah. i think that's a that's a good and noble way to take it yeah and you said today that the injuries you see most often with climbers are shoulders and hip area right i see shoulder and hip the research does not like show any of that, but. Uh. <laughs> I was thinking about that, about the hip thing. And I was, you know, maybe it's a Southeastern thing because a lot of the sport climbs there are really, um, you know, a lot of the roofy stuff with the tiered roofs and the. A lot of heel toe cams. A lot of heel toe Very cams. leg dominant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is a lot of the research about, um, Heel hooking in particular has to do with it'll compare climbing with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Oh, really? Yeah, and Those are um, heel hooks of sorts. Yeah, so they <laughs> no, and it's like there's they actually call the move heel hooking. I, yeah. Sorry to anyone who does Jiu Jitsu, but like I don't know anything yeah. about it. But apparently there is a move called a heel hook, and it's very similar to a climbing heel hook. Really. And the injuries end up being very similar. And then it, this is why Paul Corsaro is so good at compression. Yeah, he heel hooks while he's doing jujitsu as well. So it tends to be in those injuries that it's uh, you would tear an ACL and an LCL, possibly or sorry MCL, ACL, and medial meniscus. Yeah. Um, and while I think that happens sometimes with um, climbers, most of the climbers that I see who have injuries from heel hooks, it's from a high hamstring strain. Okay. Which is much easier to fix. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's a good thing. Well, let's talk about some of that then, and then maybe we can dive into shoulders a little bit later. Okay. Um, you mentioned something about the... Well, first off, what can, what can climbers do to prevent those kind of injuries from happening? Should we be warming up better? Are there stretches? What is it we should be doing? Um, so the biggest thing is doing some sort of dynamic warm-up. Okay. And when I say dynamic, I mean basically just big move type stretches. So um, if, you know, high knees, marching, yep. um, I call them hip openers. So you'd be standing up and you'd basically bring your knee up and bent in a flex position in front of you and then, and then bring it out, it out wide. I've been doing that for the last bunch of days because yeah. of my adductor strain. Yes. 
And exactly. people look at me so strange up at the boulders when I'm walking around like that. So yeah. I'm glad you just said that. No, and I always like I don't feel so ridiculous. tell people don't feel ridiculous because <laughs> you don't want to be in my office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, totally. um, and then just like, you know, s- standing on one leg and swinging um, your opposite limb back and forth just to kind of warm everything up. Yep. Um, and then, you know, you can always do air squats or, mm-hmm. you know, if you happen to bring a band out, which I highly recommend anyone to, um, it's yep. super light, super easy. Yep, Just I've throw a band in, in your bag and tie it around your knees, do some lateral banded walks. It doesn't have to be anything serious. You're not trying to build strength. You're just trying to warm up the muscles, get some blood going. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I see, you know, I see climbers all the time and Nate, you know, you may see this as well, but swinging their arms around a ton and doing almost nothing for their lower bodies. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And the lower body is hard because, I don't know, I feel like, I mean, as climbers, we are upper body dominant. Um, and so it's super easy to forget the lower body. Um, so another thing that I would suggest is like getting on the wall and just kind of mimicking those moves. Yeah. On it's in the gym, it's super easy. You can right. you know hop in there, throw your foot on a big jug, and just kind of gently rock over. Not do like a full yep. eel hook or anything like that. Just kind of warm your body up for those specific movements. Um, when it comes to upper body warming up, I don't suggest hopping on the wall right away. There's more more to warming up the upper body, but we can get to that. Yep. No, I, I totally agree. And Nate and I talk about you know sort of trying to mimic your project a little bit mm-hmm. while you're warming up and that doesn't mean you have to you know if your project is a, a something crimpy it doesn't mean you only have to climb other crimper problems you can find crimps on the juggy super jug warm-ups you know mm-hmm. it's totally possible and pull on those crimps and with heel hooks like you're talking about you can you can find heel hooks you just have to look for them it yeah. may not be the way you do the warm-up problem but you can jump in there and do it regardless. Yeah. I've actually found recently that um, where people tend to really mess with the hamstring a little more is when they're on a big, like, heel, when there's, like, a big cup for them to put it, uh-huh. put their heel in. Because then it's easy to get lazy. Um, I think we were talking about this earlier. So yeah. it's easy to be lazy. Like, you can just place the heel up there, not really think about that engagement of the hamstring and then pull on whereas like if you've ever used a heel hook on a moon board like you can't be lazy with a heel hook on right, a moon board right. you have to really engage and that's that feeling of like that like strong engagement of the hamstring right that's what it should feel like even when you're on a big jug heel hook mhm yep and you suggested today which i thought is was really important that when you put your heel on before you go and pull your body over it you should sort of pre-tension it you should you should engage it prior to the movement similar to you know if any of you guys listening are you know familiar with deadlifting it's really similar to when you set up for a deadlift and you tension your core and and get your whole body tense before you make the lift you don't wait until you start to lift to create all that tension exactly and when i teach a deadlift in the clinic like i always we'll have somebody pause and then I'll say set and I want to see like a physical change in their posture before they go. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what, you know, in your head, if you need to just say set 
And there should be some sort of engagement of that hamstring before you actually pull over onto it. Right. So heel hook's not a passive thing. No. You know, it's an active move. Your your leg should be doing something. And you don't want to wait until it has to do something. You right. want to engage it and get it ready. And the other thing I should say is if you throw a heel hook on and you feel like, hmm, this is probably a bad idea. <laughs> any any move whatsoever. I can't tell you how many times a patient has come in and they've been like, you know, I was doing this move and I knew it was a bad idea. And then I heard a pop and yeah, now they're here to see me. <laughs> yeah. Nate says all the time. Yeah. For me, I mean, I feel like most climbing injuries I've ever had, they were never really surprises. It was always something along the lines of, oh man, this holds kind of tweaky and it feels a little weird. I guess I'll just try it one more, one or two more times or something along those lines. Yeah. Same thing with like, yes, a weird heel hook or an odd drop knee or something like that. Um, I feel like it's rare that they're just completely out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. So be aware. I think that's the the main goal here in, in preventing the injury is yeah. make sure you're warming up those areas. Yeah. And they're susceptible. Yeah. Don't get greedy. The, yeah. I mean, we're all greedy when it comes to numbers. So yeah. we love them. And as far as like some prehab kind of things that you could be doing just, you know, in a normal workout, not necessarily as a warm-up, but maybe in between climbing days or something like that is like we were talking about bridging yep. um, or hip thrusts. My mm-hmm. um, favorite person in the world, Brett Contreras, um, <laughs> has like all the videos and all the variations of hip thrusts. And you can see him lifting some crazy heavy weight on his pelvis um, if you look at his Instagram. But mm-hmm. um, And I'll link you guys to Brett Contreras in the, yeah, in the show the notes. So. Yes. Yeah. And then um, deadlifting. And then if you really want to burn, um, I think they're called Nordic curls. Is that right? No. Jefferson curls? No. You're not talking about Jefferson curls. You put a, you have somebody hold your ankles and then you lower your body oh, down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're on your knees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen these. I don't I know what they're called either. I've right actually now. tried them. I think they're, they're, they're called like Nordics or Nordic hamstring. They have so many different names, but... Um, yeah, so that's so let's let's set that up how to do that. So you're on your hands and knees essentially, or you're on your knees. You're on your knees, uh, straight up. Mm-hmm. You have someone hold your ankles, and or you, try you can to, strap or in. strap them down. Yep. yep, and you try to keep your body in a, a hollow position, in a a straight position. Keep yes, your back straight. Exactly, you don't want to yeah. bend forward, and. You try to lower yourself down. Yeah. So I have people do this in front of a wall and like, so start off just like a foot from the wall right. and hands in front, protect your face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cause you're going to end up face on the floor. At some point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then <laughs> as you feel comfortable and strong, um, then you can go ahead and lower yourself uh, or bring yourself back. Um, so eccentrics, especially if you've already had a hamstring injury in eccentrics are some of the best ways to, um, rehab tendons so that's why eccentric meaning doing the negative exactly right yeah so that's why like you know deadlifts are great but these are really working that lengthening side of the movement yeah so since you're just working the eccentric or since eccentrics are what are beneficial does that mean you do the eccentric and maybe put your hands down and then like push yourself back up to the starting position. That's normally what I do is I'll have people. um, So we in our um, clinic is it's a Pilates like 
based kind uh-huh. of therapy. Sure. Um, our two other therapists, Rebecca Weichel and Marie Howell, are um, Pilates trained. And so we have all the different equipment. Mm-hmm. So I use the Cadillac table, if anyone knows what that is. And I'll bring one of the bars up so that somebody can grab that and then push themselves off the gotcha. bar. Gotcha, gotcha. So that they're not actually lifting themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought those up too because I've, I've definitely struggled a little bit with finding good hamstring or glute exercises that people can do with just body weight mm-hmm. other than the hip bridge. Right. And and that's a really great one I had completely spaced on. So Yeah. And I, I even think like um like the hip thrust, um, doing those like with feet elevated. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean on the road you can even you can find things that add weight to your pelvis. Just toss yeah, totally. weight on your pelvis yep. and a gallon of water weighs yeah. eight pounds. So. Doing holds in that position. Um, I know that I'll have patients hold for like 10 seconds and we'll do like eight reps of that. And it, it's yep. like sweating at the end, like puddles. So Yeah. Oh, good. I think that's I think that's good advice. I completely forgotten about those. And, and it's just a muscle we tend to uh, neglect. Yeah. You know, unless you're a lifter. Right. So. Um. I was at a conference last weekend. It was actually really interesting. I went to a hamstring, um, like high hamstring strain course, and it was all for um, NFL football players and sprinters, and yeah. so um, and soccer players. And it was interesting because every um, like mechanism of injury that they were discussing was like a lengthening injury. So like going to kick a ball or like right. running and then yeah. slipping with the foot outstretched. And so it's like a lengthening of but the hamstring. But none was a shortening. None of it uh, of like any sort of concentric contraction. And right. so I actually stood up and asked like, hey, you know, this is my type of client. Like, w- is, does any of this change? Would any of this rehab change if you knew the mechanism of injury was on the concentric phase? And they're like, well, that injury doesn't happen. Oh, really? Like, um. <laughs> well, it does, but it's with rock climbers, and they're like, "Oh, like they." And so I actually like I'm, you know, in a full piece or full suit, you know, trying to explain like how a climber heel hooks and everything, and they're like, "Huh, we think it'd be the same." So I was like, "Okay, well, I think I'm on the right track." So because okay. all their rehab was basically you right. know, Nordic curls and yep. hip thrust, all that good stuff. Okay, cool. Um. As far as what well, we've talked about strengthening it and when they when they get that injury, how can they how can our listeners know if it's a severe injury? Should they go and see a doctor first? Should they try and self diagnose and work on it themselves? What's your advice there? Um so of the uh ones that I've seen, um there is an audible pop. Um, and usually you can walk, but it doesn't feel great to walk. Um, and prolonged sitting is going to aggravate it. Um, any sort of like probably, um, your gait. So the way you walk is going to be a little different just because you're not going to be able to, um, like put your foot that or the affected foot as far out in front of you because it's, it hurts to do that lengthening. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, as long as you're able to walk okay, 
Um, without pain. Yeah, without pain. And like, you know, if like the next day you're fine, then um, I would say, you know, go see a PT. Um, yep. Because then they can they can really tell you like, okay, um, have you torn it completely or um, have you a vole? So that's, that's kind of the big thing is um, if you've actually torn the tendon with a little bit of bone so the tendon right, attaches onto the, it. yeah so it attention uh, attaches onto the ischial tuberosity so that's your sit bone and um if you've torn it enough to actually pull some of the bone off that is like um a non-weight bearing you'd want to right definitely see a see doctor, a doctor for, that. for that um <clears throat> but a pt should be able to diagnose you um okay you know, through special tests and different, you know, modalities and stuff like that, they'll be able to kind of figure out like what's going on. Um, but the, the unfortunate thing about it is once that injury does happen, it, it takes a while for it to feel good. Like for you to feel confident in heel hooking. Right. Um, and so for a lot of my climbers, what I'll, have them doing is um a lot of just like towing or like you know nate at one point had me doing a lot of one-legged climbing uh-huh. and hey if i can't get you to like quit climbing let's do some one-legged climbing yeah like, yeah it's a good drill anyway, um, so. or you know traversing just trying to like <clears throat> i'm never keep off sh- the heel hooks for a while so. yeah and i'm not like i'm not gonna say never but i i went to a couple PTs before I came into the field myself and right. you know I'd be like hey you know this hurts and they'd be like oh well you should probably quit climbing and like that's like a big thing that I yep I'm yep. not going to tell somebody fan. who's addicted to climbing to quit climbing because that's their vice and um, unless it's like going to be a danger to them yep yeah. yeah and I think you know it correct me if I'm wrong I may totally be off here but I think what I tell my clients generally is if it's a minor connective tissue injury, it's probably going to heal faster if you're using it a little bit to get blood flow to the area. Whereas if you just completely rest it and don't do anything, you're going to come back and it's just going to get injured almost immediately again. Exactly. Exercise is the one thing that's never been proven to be bad for pain or injury or anything. Right. Um, the only thing ab- about that is, you know, I won't tell you not to climb, but I will tell you, like, let's figure out a way to modify it. Yep, totally. Um, and like Nate's told me before, you know, hey, that's the time to look at technique. Like, yep. you know, were you throwing a lazy heel hook because you aren't great at like using toes? So let's figure out how to get some fancy footwork in there. Yeah, for sure. And I have I have a couple of clients right now that came to me with with hamstring issues and both of them in their plans right now have, you know, during their warmups, they do some hamstring testing, mm-hmm. just lightly pulling on it, you know, trying to pull over with toes, trying to pull over with heels, just to see where it's at, see how it feels for the day and then gauge where they're going from there. Yeah. You know, I don't think you should take every day the same as the last. Some days it's going to hurt a little more. Some days it's going to feel a little better. And yeah, and you should just ease into it each time you're back into the gym. And if it's bad enough that I'm telling you that you should probably shouldn't be climbing on it, then, hey, that's the time to 
gets on some fingerboard training. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. There's lots of options. Yeah, that's like I had a a client, um, or no, not a client, a patient who had a pretty significant shoulder surgery, and mm-hmm. um, it I we did weeks of lower body stuff yeah. in addition to shoulder rehab. You know. I was like, hey, there's no reason that you can't get your legs stronger right now. Yeah, totally. When I had my shoulder surgery, I can't tell you how many pistol squats I did. Exactly. You know, thousands and thousands. Yeah. Of them, so I was like, hey, let's make that core solid. <laughs> yeah, totally. So if they, you know, we're already, we know how to strengthen it a little bit and doing doing eccentrics if you've had an injury and you're trying to strengthen is important. Uh, especially using the exercises we talked about. Are there myofascial things that you recommend? Are you a fan of that kind of thing? Um, So depending on how long somebody's had an injury, um, if it's been like a chronic thing Mm -hmm. where they're like, you know, I I did this a year ago and it's it's still just kind of tweaky and not feeling great, then I'll really like dig into it using tools. Um, Mm -hmm. That way we can kind of, it's almost like I want to I want to recreate an inflammatory process in that case to kind of bring blood flow back to the right. area, see if we can Get clean some of that stuff. Going yeah. Um, for somebody who's super acute, um, it kind of depends. Um, I, at that point, it's more about like pain relief, okay. um, and you know you might ultrasound it. Um, it's ultrasound is not my favorite thing. Um, there's not a lot of evidence. Um, but see a PT. That's but what yeah, yeah. Um, usually the modality kind of stuff is more for like that chronic injury. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Any thoughts you have, Nate, on hip region? Um, actually, I guess just one thing I'd add, and I'd want it'd be cool to have your opinion on this. Uh, one thing that I've seen that's worked fairly well with. Um, people whenever their like hamstrings are bothering them or something like that is uh having them switch over to trying to climb on really small footholds mm-hmm. mm. and it seems a little counterintuitive because you'd think you know if it's something a lot smaller you're going to pull harder with your legs but what ends up happening i feel a lot of times is you know if you put your foot in a jug you can put so much weight on that large right. foothold mm-hmm. totally where with small footholds you know no matter how hard you may be trying you can only put so much weight into it but what are your thoughts on that um that's funny. So there's a study, I think it was not too long ago, like in 2014, they actually, um, so my research in grad school was about um, foot pressure. Um, it was actually looking at diabetic feet. And mm-hmm. so we would put um, these insoles and like measure foot pressures over different like types of inserts. Um, okay. But there was a study using this same system. It's called the Novell Padar system. And using the same system, they actually um, studied climbers and uh, like novice climbers, people who've never climbed, which is, you know, this is going to be like a well, duh kind of moment for most of us. But like they aren't putting a ton of pressure in their feet at all. Right. And it was statistically significant that the expert climbers are putting so much more pressure through their feet. And so it, it just goes to show that the better you are, the more you are using your feet. And so it's something to definitely focus on. Yeah. And I think it, I think that transfers over to small feet. And I think, I think when you're using tiny little feet and you don't get as much, as much purchase out of it as you would on a jug, then you're, you know, you're more likely to use more of your core to pull you into position as opposed to just, 
hamstring before it's ready. You know, that's that's my thought, my totally unprofessional opinion here, but but that's my thought on tiny feet. And for me, I know I've had a couple of heel hook issues, one on River Dance down in Chattanooga, and now that I'm having this uh, adductor pain that's sprung up, and uh, sprung is totally the wrong word, it's creeped up since, <laughs> since like December, um, and just started getting bad. I've definitely noticed that on big feet, I can, I can hurt it much faster. You know, if I stay mm-hmm. on little feet, mm-hmm. then I, I don't tend to hurt it very often. So, it's yeah. funny that you mentioned river dance. I hurt my hamstring on um, the roof up the hill. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lazy For heel sure. hook. I can see that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. And it's hard to warm up there. Mm-hmm. So, and definitely yeah, like, when I did that, I wasn't doing any sort of movement prep prior mm-hmm. to climbing. All my yep. warm up was hiking in and climbing. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And the hike in, um, it's, yeah, it's good for blood flow, but it's not, that's not enough. Right. A lot of people will say, like, oh, well, I hiked in. I'm, I'm good. I'm warm. It's like, yeah. mm, no. that seemed to work for me <laughs> when I was 20. Um, and I was elastic, but it doesn't work for me now. Now that you're 23. Yeah, now that I'm 23, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 23 plus 20 or something like that. But um, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about shoulders. Break. Hey, everybody. Chris here. I'll try to keep this short and sweet. Since this thing became officially official, I've basically been obsessed. I've got dozens of episodes waiting to go out, and I'm constantly recording new conversations. I want to continue putting this level of energy into it, and you all can help. We've created a page at patreon.com slash powercompanypodcast where you can help support what we're building. In return, even for as little as a dollar per month, you'll get access to the brand new We Scream Like Eagles podcast which includes tips from our guests, extra conversations about hot topics, and Q&As with your questions posed to our guests. If you think it's worth more than a dollar a month, we've got other rewards available on top of the bonus episodes like stickers, ebooks, t-shirts, and training plans. So, if you've been considering pitching in, now's the time. That's patreon.com slash powercompanypodcast. Thanks a ton, and back to the show. Okay, we are back with Allison Stowers, and um, you said it right. I know you corrected <laughs> me today. That's why I said it right. And uh, we never talked about where you work, so let's let's talk about that really quick. Uh, so I work at Peak Fitness and Physical Therapy in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're familiar with Chattanooga at all, it's across from Cox Bakery, which has the best apple fritters in town. Oh man, um, I didn't get any while we were there. <laughs> It's on Broad Street on the south side. We just moved um, to a bigger space because um, we're just continuing to grow after five years of being open. Oh, great. Yeah. Congrats. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, and your clientele base and just some climbers in there. Yes, for sure. So. Yeah, actually, when I came to Chattanooga, um, I knew like what I wanted to do. Like I knew how I wanted my practice to be set up. And um, it was kind of like, well, if I don't... F- find it then i'm gonna have to build it myself but as luck would have it um rebecca weichel owns peak she started it five years ago and um they um a friend of mine actually charlie whose trailer we're in was like oh you should talk to rebecca they they sponsored triple crown and i was like 
wait, what? And I like turn around one of my Triple Crown t-shirts and see this like physical therapy logo like cool. on the back of my shirt. And I was like, there, that's where I want to work. And yep. bugged her enough and here I am. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Went out there and got it. Yeah. And, you know, through your practice, you see shoulder issues. That's yeah. what we're going to, we talked about hips and let's talk about shoulders. Shoulders are near and dear to my heart because I went through a pretty major shoulder surgery about two years ago. It'll be two years ago in April. What kind of surgery so, did you have? I had a fully torn labrum, fully torn supraspinatus, and my bicep tendon was shredded. So they ended up cutting the shredded section out and doing a bicep tenodesis. Okay. So attached down yep, below. Attached yep. to the humerus instead. And here's something I just, I want to get your opinion on this really quick. This is a totally selfish moment here. Um, Do it. <laughs> but you guys will appreciate this. Um, one of the scariest moments in my recovery for my shoulder was I was in Lander and I had been working on raising my arm up to the level where I could reach a door frame, the top mm -hmm. of a door frame. I wasn't planning on hanging on it or anything. I just wanted to be able to raise my arm that high. Well, the first time I got to it was in the kitchen of my fiance's parents' house. And when I grabbed the door frame, I let go of the engagement like I was I didn't keep my shoulder engaged I just hung my arm there and I realized I couldn't let go if I if I let go of the door frame my arm was going to drop I couldn't re-engage it mm -hmm. and my my theory was that it was because it was reconnected in a different place that bicep tendon that raises my arm so my brain hadn't created that connection yet and it took me weeks of really focused effort to be able to re-engage my arm if I disengaged it while it was up high. Any, have you ever heard of anything like that? Uh, actually, no, I haven't. That's interesting, but it makes complete sense. Yeah, um, it was terrifying. Either that or you had like the concentric strength, but not the eccentric strength at that point Right. to be able to do that. Yeah, it was absolutely terrifying. <laughs> but Okay. I was just curious if you'd ever heard of that before. <laughs> it was like, how the hell am I going to climb if I can't ever let go, of anything? go of anything? I can do one move. My this would be amazing. My flop down <laughs> all the time. All right. So I'm done derailing. No, that's fine. Here, that's, so. um, that's actually a really common surgery for climbers. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen a lot of those um, at, at peak. And um, it's, it's a long recovery. Um, I would say... Depending on skill level, um, I don't know what I'm usually seeing somebody for about four or five months, maybe even six. Um, and it's usually, you know, more frequent in the beginning. And then obviously it like when they've six, had a big surgery, like this. when they've had a big surgery like yeah. that. Um, and so actually like the patient that I mentioned earlier, we were doing our normal you start passive range of motion and then you do right. active assist range of motion where you're using your other arm to help yep. the surgical arm up mm -hmm. um, and then moving on. But like at home, there's no reason that that person couldn't have been doing lower body or core yep. or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. I worked constantly while I was uh, yeah, laid exactly. Yeah. Well, let's, let's back up and go back to like prehab. Cause yeah. I think a lot of, I think climbers put themselves in bad positions. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that's just what we do. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. How can we keep our shoulders safer? So a lot of times, um, most of the time when somebody has shoulder pain or some nagging thing and they come to see me, um, 
one of the first things I want to see is them just raise their arms out to the side and in front of them mm-hmm. um, with their shirt off and from behind because um, scapular movement, it, it's a mess with climbers. Yeah. Um, they're never symmetrical, which I don't expect anybody to be perfectly symmetrical, sure. but um, I see some crazy winging and um, I call it scapular dyskinesis. It's basically when... Um, when scapula is just kind of goes rogue. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> goes rogue. Um, and so that is a huge thing that I work on with climbers. It's trying to get, um, middle and lower traps a lot stronger. Um, and then translating that to the wall. So middle lower traps is what keeps your, um, shoulder blades down and back mm-hmm. on your, um, like over your ribs rib cage yeah exactly and so you know we'll do prone y's and t's and um so that's laying over a plinth or laying over a bench or something like that and then lifting your arm out straight out to the side most people do these wrong because they just throw their arm up they're like oh i can lift my arm all day like palm down lifting up um well i usually have people just right, as long as when they do yeah, it exactly wrong, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um so palm down thumb down yeah. um or, or they're just using their glenohumeral joint so where the um, ball and socket of your shoulder um are that's where they're driving that's the movement what they're lifting off from of. yeah and what i always tell people is first off thumb up that gets you out of an impingement position mm-hmm. and then um think about bringing the shoulder blade across the back and then the arm's just going along for the ride. If the okay. arm lifts, great. If it doesn't, that's fine too. I so want it's the, the shoulder blade you're moving. Exactly. And that's what moves the arm. Exactly. Okay. And if you're doing it right, the arm shouldn't raise up a ton. So, gotcha. so it's not a flexibility thing. You're not trying to raise your arms as high as possible. Exactly, yep. And usually when I have somebody do it right for the first time, I'll do like, you know, eight to 12 reps. And by that 12th rep, they're like it's shaking tiring. uncontrollably. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable how we think we have really strong backs as climbers and, you know, parts of our back is really strong, but parts of it's really weak. And the first time that I was doing those after surgery, I got really tired really fast and was blown away. Yeah. So that and then doing um, wall angels. So essentially, Mm -hmm. it's the same exact muscle that we're working on really, you know, feet about six inches out from the wall and then arms in a W position against the wall, trying to get the back flat. So you're going to roll your pelvis, tuck your tail under and then raise the arms up along the wall and then back down. And on that down, I really have people bring their elbows as close into their body as they can so they really feel that engagement low on their back. Okay. And a lot of us don't have the mobility to raise our arms very high. What what happens then? And that's, that's fine. Um, usually with, I mean, you can work into it. Um, mm-hmm. So if, I don't know, the, the goal of the exercise is really like working on For me, a lot of times it's just getting that lower trap, middle trap engagement on the pull down. Um, If somebody is having a really hard time keeping their wrists on the wall, so like as they go up, then they go into like this internal rotation moment. Right. um, Which I do see a lot of. Yep. um, 
then we'll kind of work more on flexibility of like this external rotation Getting external like, rotation mm -hmm. so better. laying over a foam roller in that w position right um and then so like if they can't do it on the wall let's do it on a mat over a foam roller okay and like work there first okay cool yeah that's good to know i'm glad you said that it's more about pulling down and keeping those muscles engaged rather mm -hmm. than just lifting your arms as high as you can right so yeah okay I think a lot of people misunderstand those exercises quite a bit. Yeah. You know, they just, they watch a video and see the motion and they're like, oh, I'll just do that. Yeah. You know, they don't understand the point of it, so. Yeah, and for climbers, it tend, like you're talking about being strong and like we think our backs are strong and it's it tends to be upper traps. You right. know, we're so like upper trap dominant and like then we're rounded in the shoulders yep. and if you think about that if you're going to round in your shoulders your pecs are going to be tight so pecs are the muscles on the front of your um, mm -hmm. arms and then that means that the muscles that are in between your shoulder blades they're going to have to lengthen to compensate for the shortness on the front so what i need you know people to do in order to you know make up for that and is to get into this you know upright kind of posture and that's really hard for climbers to like yeah be reminded to stay yep. in this all day totally. um should yeah. we be stretching our pecs at all or um yes and no I, you know i don't say don't dig in there because you know we're shortened for a reason you know this is mm -hmm. where part of our strength comes in but there needs to be some sort of balance um so i get on a foam roller after your workout and just kind of lay you can do yep. some of the arm movements and stuff, but just trying to like work on opening up. Yep. Um, and, and, when, and when we say lay on a foam roller, you mean lay your ways. spine down the mm -hmm. length of a foam roller so yeah. it opens your chest up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if you need more thoracic mobility, you can always go long ways and then right. kind of stretch back over. But f specifically for what I'm talking about is long ways along your spine and then open the arms up. Yep. Um, and then you can actually take that into um, a scapular exercise. So arms straight up in front of you, you're laying long ways on a foam roller and just bringing one arm out by your side. So like, like horizontal abduction. Yes, like a T. Bring your arm out to the side and just do one arm at a time. And think about as you go down, squeezing the foam roller with your shoulder blade and then try it with the other side and see if there feels like see if you can feel any sort of difference. Um, okay. And a lot of times people are like, oh, well, I'm not feeling like, I don't feel like I'm able to squeeze as hard. And I, I feel like the having the foam roller underneath sometimes gives people that tactile input. Like, sure. oh, that's what you're wanting me to engage. Right, right. Good idea. Yeah. yeah. And I like doing it one arm at a time. I had never thought about that. And I was <laughs> wondering why when you were saying it. But it totally makes sense to be able to compare the two yeah. in isolation. So, and back to the Ys and the Ts, I only have people do one arm at a time there because it's really easy to just go to town and like think that you're doing both sides the same right, when you're actually right. not. Yep. So. Yeah, totally. I've definitely found that in these guys, I was doing some um, shoulder dislocate type stuff the other night and these guys were pointing out that my right shoulder was shrugging up and that's the shoulder i had surgery on yeah it was shrugging up more than the other yeah and i hadn't paid much attention to that in a while that was something i really worked on hard shortly after surgery but i hadn't thought much about it since then so. yeah that's huge for 
um, climbers with every exercise that I give them is that they'll they'll come up into this you know shrug yeah. upper trap Shoulders dominant up kind of thing ears, yeah, yeah exactly that if you end up in my clinic you will hear me say at some point don't let your shoulder talk to your ear yep. <laughs> if, yeah. if that's happening you're doing it wrong cool and nate your thoughts on any of this so far oh uh, yeah a couple different things uh one so with exercises like this and just exercise like shoulder exercises mm-hmm. in general you'll see people you know walk into the gym or out at the crag and they just do a thousand band exercises mm-hmm. um of all different they all look about the same but you know with different types yeah. of form is there any are there any good sources that you like for uh, maybe question. videos or descriptions on good form um so and you're gonna have to help me with last name and raber raber yes has a great video if you just google her name mm-hmm. ann raber warm-up oh, video it's, uh the rest day shoulder solution or yes. something like that i actually oh, just yeah, talked the other day right. with her about that oh my yeah. gosh she's <laughs> got like you know i i haven't created a video for warming up or any i i had like a little one and then i ended up finding her video and was like well I'm never going to do another one. I'm just going to send people here because it's nice. so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I do probably about half of what she has posted on that video before I war- or before I climb. Nice. Okay, and cool. We'll post that now. video up yeah. on the site too. I'll, I'll check with Anna and make sure that's okay. But we'll post that video up on the yeah, on it's this super good. Page. Um, but one thing I was going to say, um, you're asking, you know, you're kind of making a motion of internal and external rotation um so that is another exercise that um for climbers a lot of you know if you want to warm up and do internal external rotation great um if you have shoulder pain and you're trying to work on things just do external rotation don't do internal rotation because we're all strong here (laughs) we're all strong on this internal rotation part i don't i don't need you to get any stronger pulling in I mm-hmm. need you to get stronger pulling out. So um, what I'm basically doing is my har- my arm is lifted up to 90 degrees and then I'm pulling a band or a weight or something up. And, and then up and towards, towards you. Back. So like the opposite right. of pitching. Exactly. Yeah. The opposite yep. of pitching, the wind up. Yes. Um, and I always have climbers do it at 90 degrees if they're able because that's where we work. We don't, you know, a lot of times if you... Um, if you've had PT before and you go to kind of, you know, a mill kind of place, you know, you'll you'll just get the towel under it. the arm yeah, and you'll exactly. do it at your side. But that's yep. not where climbers are. Yeah. We're up, a, you know, shoulder height or above. Yep. Specificity. Yep. So your upper arm would be parallel to the ground. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And out to your side. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's a that's a good question. I like that. You know, the the bands are so ubiquitous. I see mm-hmm. everyone with them doing all sorts of crazy things. So yeah. Hey, and I'm okay with people doing all sorts of crazy things yeah, as yeah, long yeah. as they're out there doing something. Yeah, yeah, but if we, you know, if we have a smarter solution yeah. that you can do, why not do it? For sure. So, mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And what's the, you know, what shoulder injuries do you see most often? Most often <clears throat> I see like rota- rotator cuff tendinopathies rotor cups rotor cups <laughs> if you're from my part of town um, which i was saying that most of my climbers know what their rotator cuff is and they actually say it correctly um but my grandma will still call it her she's she her called me the cup. other day my rotors are all broken <laughs> i'm like all right grandma oh, at 86 
I'm glad you still got some. <laughs> no, oh, but, um, so I see a lot of rotator cuff tendinopathies and um, there's a difference in tendinitis and tendinosis. And then I say tendinopathy because it's basically Just a, a catch-all. Injury, yeah. right. um, so tendinitis is basically like you felt something happen and it happened mm-hmm. yesterday or it happened in the last week. Um, tendinosis is you know, you've been dealing with this for the past 10 years and you still haven't addressed it. My elbows. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Nate's elbows, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so most of the time, rotator cuff stuff is happening because of um, overuse um, or, you know, not warming up properly or, you know, I'm grabbing this Gaston and it doesn't feel great and I'm going to keep pulling really hard on it and one go is one too many. Yeah, Um, yeah. So I think I had mentioned at one of the um, workshops, it may have been the one you're at, I'm not sure, but um, like if you look at climbers and it's like, you know, what can I do to prevent getting injured? Um, the number one thing you can do to prevent getting injured is to actually quit climbing. Um, <laughs> because yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. kind of a, it's a, it's like an exposure thing. It's just like, you know, teenage girls playing soccer. You know, what's the number one predictor of tearing your ACL as a young girl playing soccer? Yeah. Playing, playing soccer. soccer. Yeah. Um, totally. And the more exposure you have, the more times you're out on the field. Um, and that's why I love Eric Horst and how he is like, you know, He's got his boys in football part of the year. He's got his boys climbing the other part of the year, you know. Um, And they're little badasses. It's okay to take time off and, you know, do other things. Yeah. Yeah. They could totally be, they could probably be better climbers or more well-known climbers if they did it all the time. But they're going to be better athletes in the long run by, you know, taking the the approach that Eric is. And they're going to be healthier. Yeah. So most of the time with shoulder injuries, what I see is it's just like... You know, going too hard, going eight days on, mm-hmm. Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, every now and again, you know, and I, without m- MR vision, which I still have yet to invent, I can't really like idea, when though. I know, right? Um, if somebody comes in and has some shoulder injury or like, some kind of tendony type stuff. I can't really say like specifically or how bad the tear is or anything mm-hmm. like that. But what we can do is go through some rehab stuff. Um, and if you respond great and if it's getting worse, then that's when it's a referral. And that's the great thing about, um, I mentioned earlier, direct access. We have it in Tennessee. We have it in most states. Um, so you can go directly to a physical therapist without having to have a referral from an oh, MD. Oh, good, yeah. Um, and at this point, most um, PTs are um, educated at the doctoral level, so we do know those things like, okay, is this does this need to go for an right, MRI? Right. Does this need to go for further screening? I mean, it's one of the, you never want to have that patient that you're like, oh, man, I'm sorry, but you're going to no- need to go get an MRI, but... Yep. Um, in the end, it usually is is not that serious and um, ends up being cheaper coming to us. Yeah, yeah. And I, here's a question for you. I this might just the answer to this might just be trust your instincts, but um, not everyone has good instincts. So 
I thought I'd ask the question. I when when the event happened that that my shoulder got injured, I knew something was wrong. You know, I'd had trouble with it because of working overhead for years. Um, but on certain jobs, it would get worse and worse, and then other times it would be totally fine. And when this event happened, I went to a doctor. Um, just a normal general practitioner. She told me it was probably just tendonitis. I said, no way. I need to go see a specialist. Went to the specialist. He ran me through all their little strength tests, resistance tests. And, and because I had learned to compensate so well for it over time, all the resistance tests showed that I just had tendonitis. And he told me that, and I said, no way, you know, that there's something majorly wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I need an MRI. And after I got the MRI, he said, well, your shoulder's totally fucked up. You need to come in and get surgery. Um, so, you know, what do we do in that case that, that we know something is wrong or we believe something is wrong, but the doctor tells us otherwise? I think at that point, you really have to be an advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell patients they know their body better than I do. Um, and if you feel like something is seriously wrong, like find an outpatient center where you can just say, Hey, I, I want an MRI. Um, use it judiciously though, because MRIs are expensive. Yeah. And a lot of times, um, not in your case necessarily, but, um, a lot of times these shoulder injuries can be rehabbed. So like you, you could have a slap tear and, Mm -hmm. and, if it even if it hurts, you could do PT and still climb. Right. Yeah. No lots, surgery. Lots of needed. people have them without even knowing that. Exactly. They have them, right? Yeah. And that's that's what is kind of the issue <clears throat> with you know getting a little you know diagnostic happy right, is right. that you know with if somebody gets um, an MRI of their back and they find that they have a bulging disc, then all of a sudden it's like oh my gosh, I have a bulging disc. And, and it's like that pain can almost seem so much worse right, right. than if they had never gotten the MRI in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a history of being a hypochondriac, maybe don't go <laughs> to the doctor to get an MRI. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who you are out there. mother listening to this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, as far as, you know, once you, you feel like you've injured your shoulder and it's so, it's so funny. I I meet more and more and more climbers who tell me they have a shoulder issue. Like I never heard anyone say that five years ago, Yeah. but now that like, there's this, all this, uh, vocabulary about it, Mm -hmm. that there's all this discussion about shoulder injuries. All of a sudden everyone has a shoulder injury. Yeah. You know, what do we... What do we do from there? Do we, is it the same similar stuff we do as far as warming up and prehabbing? Should we be strengthening in some other way? What's the, what's the thought if we think we have a minor injury? Um, yeah, so minor injury, definitely like listening to your body as you're climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like tons of people tell me like, oh yeah, like I've got this like right here on the front of my arm and they'll, they'll like point right to their biceps and they're like, yeah, it's, it's a little tweaky. Um, and then they climb and they're like, oh man, like now it's really screaming at me. Right. Um, so, you know, if you've got something little, 
like take some, you know, if you need to take a day off, yep. you know, it's not going to kill you to take a day off. Um, and yeah, rest and, is pretty important. Right. Hydration, like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, making sure that you are doing your warm ups um, and, you know, any sort of. It's hard to say like specific exercises without knowing like what somebody's specific weaknesses are. Um, but anything that you can do to bring your shoulder blades down and back, it all, I bring everything back to the scapula. Um, so even like climbing, like I'll have people, once I know that they're engaging middle and lower traps, I'll have them get on the wall. And actually climb with their shoulder blades pulled down and back Mm -hmm. so that they're climbing more with their back and their core and less like pulling on their shoulders. So, And you're not advocating that they perform that way, that they're just... No, training themselves to learn kinda, to pull yeah that it'd be way. like a training it's mm. it's like you know nate has me doing rooting and while i probably should be doing it more on the wall i'm not necessarily <laughs> thinking about rooting all the time um but um same but way sometimes like, if you practice enough it'll click exactly it kind of translates like, oh look at that i just yeah did that. exactly yeah. and um so like the other thing is like the, uh, <sighs> I see a ton of injuries come in um, because of like dead pointing and then sagging into their shoulders. Right, not staying engaged. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. so it's just like the hamstring thing, you know, you've got to stay, like keep your shoulder blades, keep your delts, keep everything like, you know, bam, like as engaged as you can. It's it's the second that you kind of, you get lazy and sag, that's when things start to tear. Yep, and I, I was never very aware of that until after my surgery because coming back from it, I was really hesitant to do any sort of dynamic move to my right yeah. side. But, you know, I apply the same principles we do in training generally to that, and I practiced it, you know, in small amounts and, you know, little little dynamic moves and built mm-hmm. up and built up. And the first time I did one and got a little lazy – it hurt like hell. Yeah. So now I've gotten much better through practice at measuring whether I'm going to be able to stay in control or not. Mm-hmm. And then I can make the decision, am I willing to risk what, you know, what the consequences might be by going out of control? Yeah. Um, it but, all goes back to that, is your shoulder talking to your ear? Right. You know, if you're, I see it a lot of times on the campus board. And I was just about to say the campus board. Yeah, yeah. I see, I see so many shoulders talking to ears on the campus board. And um, that's, you know, one place that people injure themselves early on very quickly. New climber, wow, this looks really cool. Like, let's, let's yep. do this. Like, I mean, I know that I've like tweaked fingers on the campus board, but um, I see it, the Instagram videos of people campusing and their their shoulders, you know, they just sag down mm-hmm. onto their tendons. Yeah. I'm like... Hangboarding too. Like... Yeah. Like, hangboarding is, is about finger strength. It's so... But, but it's still like... I still need your elbows a little bit... Not bent, bent, but like at least engaged. And I right. need your shoulder blades pulled down and back. Yeah. Um, and that actually there's... One other exercise that once you're kind of climbing engaged, um, there's an exercise you can actually do on a hangboard. So you um, 
pull or you're on a hangboard and you kind of pull yourself up into a diagonal almost um like you're about to go into um <clears throat> front lever yes into a front lever but just Thank your you. upper body your but torso goes it's into almost that like yeah it's almost like your torso goes into that position and you're kind of it's like you're pushing your body away from the the board mm -hmm. and it if you think about what your back is doing it's like your shoulder blades are pulling down um against your rib cage yep does that make sense yep totally so um and there's a link i can send you for that too. so is it similar to a, like a scapular pull up is it's, that yeah ex yeah yes yes <laughs> it is um except with most of the time with scapular pull-ups you're like straight you know you're pulling straight down uh -huh. and this you're almost like you're pulling down and like it's like you're pushing the board away yep. from you okay yep yeah, um, shoot me that link and I'll, I'll put it in there too. Yeah, so um, that is one that like once I see somebody do it in the clinic and I'm like, yeah, okay, that looks good. That is something I want you doing before you even touch the wall. Okay. You know, you've, you've done your arm circles, you've done your wacky throwing your arms around and everything else. Um, and then I want you to do that on the hangboard. Okay. Yeah, just to... Do you have them do that just so that they get, you know, get it in their brains to engage that position? Exactly. Is that what we're looking for? Exactly. It's it's strengthening, <laughs> but it's also like a little muscle memory. Like, okay, this is how we're going to climb. Kind of building yeah. that awareness of mm -hmm. what things should feel like. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I go through that with a lot of movements. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm warming up right. Yeah. Um, and even out here, you know, out in Waco, that's what I've been doing. I find holds that I can do some scapular pull-ups on and yeah. you know, I do scap push-ups just to just to, so I can feel my scaps moving mm -hmm. and, and being engaged and and then I do the same thing with my legs. Yeah. More so now than I was a month ago. But you know. Yeah, and then a lot of times I'll tell climbers, you know, for the first ten minutes of your climbing climb slow and think of it almost as like <clears throat> yoga on the wall like you're going to climb slow and really pay attention to what your body is feeling like and paying attention to what muscles are engaging mm -hmm. um and a lot of times i'll watch people you know that or I'll, I'll i'll have patients that then i see you know at tba and i'm like that's not slow so um if you're from chattanooga and you've ever seen andy cutler climb I call it cutler climbing. <laughs> so I want you to spend it's 10 cutlery. minutes doing cutler climbing. <laughs> okay. So climbing spend, as slow as possible. I spend 100% of my climbing climbing that way. So, Do you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually I've been, I've been sort of practicing the other way, you know, learning to stay engaged while yeah. moving dynamically and getting more comfortable with it. Yeah. But you know, because I'm a slow climber, that's how I always start out. So. Oh. Thoughts, Nate? Uh, yeah. So one thing... As someone who's had to kind of retrain how I climb, um, yeah, and I, you know what? Let me let me go ahead and say that, and I'm gonna totally cut you off after I just brought you in. But I think that's something you're really good at is you've you've regressed a lot of your movements and retrained them. Um, so it's a good way of saying I've gotten worse. Well, <laughs> not exactly, but you, um, know, you said it. I didn't. No. <laughs> so I hit a point to where I was just always injured. I had a ton of problems, um, shoulders especially. And for me, I had to 
you know, it's like two steps back once or one step back, two steps forward. But this is more like 50 steps back before I could even start moving forward. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I was really strong climbing with my elbows, chicken winged and like shoulders talking to my ears. Like, cause I just did that forever. And I was really good at compensating that way. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it was really hard to kind of bite the bullet and say, okay, I need to like completely strip down the way I climb and rebuild it. Uh, is that a conversation you ever have to have with people? Um, yeah, yes, <laughs> so much. Um, I have a patient right now that I did my whole, you know, take off shirt, let's see how the scapulars are moving. And it's like, oh man, like we, you can't, we, no, you can't <laughs> climb like this. Um, Can you have someone drive you home? <laughs> <laughs> not that bad, although that's happened. Um, oh, no. <laughs> um, but no, it's, yeah. So, okay, let's, we have to figure this out. Like, we need to get this moving before you're going to get on the wall. Like, and and that's really hard to tell a climber mm -hmm. um but it's also once i like work with a climber for long enough doing the right exercises getting the right muscles engaged and then all of a sudden it's like they're climbing you know they're back to climbing and then they're climbing stronger than they were before um, then that's usually pretty telling. And while yeah. healthy now. And while healthy now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the climbers that that's happened to are my biggest advocates. Those are the people that are out there like shouting from the rooftops and coming out here and climbing and crushing, so. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That's cool, and it's cool to cool to be building that. Yeah. So I'm I'm stoked for it, and... I'm stoked for you. I've heard that, you know, Paul's told me all sorts of good things. Nate's told me all sorts of good things. And I'm psyched that the Chattanooga climbing community is, you know, welcoming it and yeah. latching on like they should. Nate so. and Paul are getting their, like, talons into me. I'm training with <laughs> yeah. Nate right now. And Paul has this uh, strong first competition coming up that he wants me to do. Oh, uh, you're going to do this? Um, I was planning on it and then... The whole kidney stone thing happened, so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> likely excuse. Yeah. I don't know. We'll it. see. I, <laughs> I spent a week curled in fetal position rolling oh, around. So. so horrible. <laughs> it was the worst. <laughs> well, so, I don't recommend kidney stones for now, anyone Now you're there. in Waco curling up in the fetal position. No, I haven't. It's been great out here. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. No, it was, it was honestly like, I think that I passed the kidney stone like, 24 hours before I got to El Paso because oh, it was really? like I was in pain for six days like ER visit everything and then that was right before you came here yeah oh my god like I was in the ER in Chattanooga for 13 hours <laughs> <laughs> like and then IV in your car for 20 Percocet <laughs> no because I, I did fly I flew to San Antonio I had a I had a physical therapy conference uh, last week Oh, um, nice. That's good. Time. It was like rolling around. Oh, I was on like every four hours Percocet or Hydrocodone and was still having pain. Oh, and man. then that's the worst. I just woke up one morning and there was no more pain. You're like, let's go bouldering. 
<laughs> yeah, like 13 hours later, we're in Waco and let's go climb. So <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, any any thoughts from you? Any Anything you want to put out there to climbers? The only other thing I wanted to mention about upper extremity is like if you think you have a shoulder injury and it's like a nagging thing, yeah. don't be surprised if your PT or trainer or whoever you seek out starts looking at your elbow or your hand or your neck or something because all of that can be super you know intertwined yeah it's all connected it is all connected and um there's a lot of times that i'll have somebody you know turn their head left turn their head right and it's such a difference it's like okay that's where the shoulder pain's actually coming from so right, let's work right. here first yeah yeah so. so trust your practitioner yeah 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 okay Cool. Well, thanks for sitting down with us. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was when I first mentioned this to Allison, she was like, uh, can I think about it? <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little surprised today when you were like, what time are we doing it? Yeah. So. As long as I don't have to like hear myself. I'm not sure that I'm going <laughs> to listen to this afterwards. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you don't have to. Chip monkey. I'm glad we have it. Okay. So, cool. Well, yeah. Thanks, Allison. You're welcome. Thank you. I don't know if you guys have noticed a trend here, but I really like talking to people who can take science, can understand it, and can then relate it in a really human way because, I mean, I think that's just more effective um, for the large majority of people. So, so I really appreciate that that's what Allison is able to bring to the table. I mean, you know, going to a doctor or to a physical therapist can be a little intimidating because we don't want to be told that we've been doing things wrong and that we've screwed ourselves up. But, you know, going to see someone like Allison is more like talking to one of your climbing partners who just happens to really understand what you're talking about. Um, so, you know, I suggest you guys reach out to physical therapists if you have any issues uh, that you need to that you need worked on to begin with. If you happen to be in the Chattanooga area definitely go see Allison at Peak Fitness. Um, all those ladies over there are athletes and climbers, and I think that's a really good resource for you. And, you know, speaking of resources, uh, that's something else that I admire about Allison is when I asked her what links she wanted included on the website, uh, she sent me a, a couple of other PTs, three other PTs who are doing good work and said, you know, these are these are people who are putting out great information, and she wants those included as well. Um, so you can check out her recommendations, the people who she follows, uh, on PowerCompanyClimbing.com, on the blog post for this podcast, where we'll also have links to the videos and some of the exercises that she mentions, like the Nordic Curl. Uh, you can also find Allison at ChatClimberPT.com. Uh, you can also find her at peakfitnessandpt.com. I'll have links to those on the website as well. And one more time, if you happen to be in Missouri, August 13th and 14th, we're going to be in Kansas City at Rock Climbing Gym. August 15th and 16th, we'll see you at Climb So Ill, St. Louis. August 18th and 19th at Zenith Climbing Center. And August 20th and 21st, we are back at Rock Kansas City. And August 25th, 26th, 27th, you can find us in Boise, Idaho at Asana Climbing Gym. So if you're in those areas, please come out and see us. 
we would love to work with you guys get to know you guys so hope to see you there uh i think you guys know where to find us um we've been doing this for a while you've been with us for a while 52 episodes to be exact and you can find us elsewheres on the instagrams at power company climbing you can find us on the pinterest at power company climbing you get the gist here this is simple um facebook we're looking for 3,000 likes, 3,000 followers on our business page at Power Company Climbing. And the Twitter, no, you can't find us on the Twitter because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles. Mm-hmm.